I was reminiscing this week about my younger years, and I was thinking about, you know, beavers, cubs, scouts, explorers. I quit at beavers. I've said before on this podcast, I quit at beavers um, because I got told off for shaking a tube of Smarties. That's a fact. That I, I left for that exact reason. I refused to be under the control of this totalitarian regime. I refused to be a part of it, and I said, you know what, I'm, I'm leaving this place. I am leaving you to continue to go about enacting this horrific level of power which are given to some adults, presumably because they've got nothing better to do with their time, and actually what is happening is they are essentially building mental people. Everyone that's gone through beavers, cubs, scouts, explorers, is a nutter. Yes, they have too much time on their hands. I appreciate that. Yes, they should definitely get a life. No, you should. You should. But at the same time, also, you know, if you enjoy it, keep doing it. But at the same time, think about getting a life. Do you know what I mean? If you went through that whole process, there is not a single person who went through beavers and cubs and scouts and explorers and didn't come out the other side as a nutter. That's a fact. Okay, that is a fact. I've not done a survey. I'm sort of guessing a little bit. It's probably not much of a fact, but I'm saying it's a fact, okay? I'm saying I quit at Beavers because I didn't want to be part of this sort of cult vibe where you can't shake tubes of Smarties, do you know what I mean? I thought, let's actually opt out of this. Let's get off while I can before I've had my brain completely and mentally uh, corrupted, I think is probably the right term for this. So I got off the train early. The people that stayed, I mean, God knows what they've gone on to do. I mean, if you got some explorers, I mean, Jesus, I feel sorry for you, to be honest with you. I don't even know how this progresses. I don't know how they keep them in the cult. I mean, let's be clear, like, Scouts is essentially childhood Scientology. It's one step away from being Tom Cruise on a stage, being, you know, having some medal put on you. It's a bit mental, like you're teaching kids how to burn stuff. That's a bit crazy. Let's light a fire. Nah, let's light each other on fire. That's what kids do, okay? They get out a little sort of deodorant thing, get out a lighter, next minute they've got a flamethrower. That's essentially what Scouts is. Let's teach them all to be nutters and give them a little badge for it. Better still, let's, let's reward them. Let's actually reward them with a badge. It's like, it's mental, okay? You do, you get badges for stuff like, I don't know, I burnt someone, you know, like, you get a badge for that or whatever, right? They just hand out badges willy-nilly. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's all over, all over the top. I'm thinking, hang on, what's going on here? It looks ridiculous by the end of it, doesn't it? You've done, like, a few years of it. It's like a jail sentence. And you come out, like, covered in badges. It looks stupid. From a fashion perspective, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I'm not a fashion expert, obviously, but I'm saying I don't know. I've never, in any other element of society I've never thought hmm could do with about a dozen badges on my left nipple do you know what I mean like it's not it's not a look I've gone for personally ever since that but they hand out badges for burning stuff you know I spent five days in a forest taking a dump next to my mate or something do you know what I mean I took a dump in a plastic bag here's a badge that's the sort of thing I mean that's that's essentially what happens you go on these little you know retreat things everyone thinks it's sort of singing songs around a campfire roasting marshmallows no, no, that's not what's happening, okay? Someone's thrown up in a tent. The other one's taken a dump in a plastic bag, okay? This is mental. This is a whole just sort of... Men it's a mental set of, like, I don't know, 12-year-olds. When do you even start, Beavers? I've got no idea. I've got absolutely no idea. But the whole thing is absolutely crazy. And I sort of love it. I love it for that, do you know what I mean? Like, they're supposed to be entrenched in British culture and this sort of sophisticated thing. I don't know if it is a sophisticated thing or not. From what I hear, it was a bit mental because you just have kids that have been given pen knives and stuff and it's like, what are you doing? You're giving an 11-year-old a knife? Let's just think about that one. Let's think about that. When he's around his mates, they're burning stuff. Should we really give them knives? Do you know what I mean? Why are we arming them? Do you know what I mean? Let's de-arm them. Let's de-escalate. There's enough knife crime as it is, okay? Take away the pen knives. I don't, know, I don't even know officially if they had pen knives or not, but what I'm saying is I think they did. That's the idea that I have of what a scout looks like. And some people say, oh, no, it's about being responsible in your community and, oh, oh charity work and all this. You get a badge for it. Oh, baking. And I don't know. I can't really remember, to be honest. I just remember doing, like, some sort of parade. I was carrying a flag on St. George's Day, which is also just happened to be my birthday. And I just remember a lot of waving, just waving the flag and... I don't know. I don't know if I was, like, the sort of front man of a cult. I've not quite, you know, fully uh, realised that until adulthood, maybe. I'm not too sure. I don't really know what the point of this is. Is it to teach you life skills? Is it just to teach you how to be great at burning things down? I mean, let's be clear... 
you know, guys don't need any encouragement when it comes to burning stuff. Do you know what I mean? It, for some reason, burning stuff is in the genetic code of a guy. It just is. I don't know how, but it is literally buried probably somewhere in our genetic code. It's buried. It's probably in the balls. I don't know. That's where our genetic code is, isn't it? It's buried there. Uh, and it's quite... I don't know whether, whether this is true from a scientific perspective. This is not a science show. But what I'm saying is... We have seen we seem to have an innate need to burn stuff to guys. You see, you know, kids just burning stuff all the time. Buildings burn down, sheds burn down, you know, kids just burn each other sometimes. You know, you see in a, a science lab in a school, you just see kids just like Bunsen burner to the arm or something. Do you know what I mean? Put let's put my hand over the flame. This is a good idea. Is no it's not. No, it's not. What are you doing? Why are you why are you trying to burn yourself? At least burn someone else. Do you know what I mean? At least do that. Not yourself. Don't have a self-inflicted thing. What's going on? Makes no sense. So anyway, they they teach you to burn stuff is what I'm essentially saying. My problem with this, you end up with nutters. You know, this is probably how the London riots happened. Most of those people probably went to scouts or beavers or cubs or something and got taught how to, you know, riot on the streets of London and throw stuff and burn stuff. That's probably what happened there. They were probably, that might have actually been like a, a scout club that went, you know, that took to the streets of London there. You end up with people just burning stuff. And we don't need to teach people how to burn stuff. You know, enough stuff has burnt over the years. Do you know what I mean? Um, I know, Great Fire of London, that was a big fire, wasn't it? Starting in a bakery. Was that person a scout leader? I don't know. Okay, I don't know. I've not looked into it. Maybe it was an oven fire. I don't know. It probably likely to be an oven fire, to be fair. It's a bakery. Do you know what I mean? It sort of makes sense. All I'm saying is they might have been a scout leader. That's all I'm saying. Scout leaders themselves are unusual people because it is this sort of weird mixture of having too much time on your hands, wanting to sort of help out in the community, but also potentially being some sort of, you know, sex predator. I think that's, no, it's, it's a valid, it's a valid reason to get involved with kids in your spare time. If you're that way inclined, that's sometimes, you know, what happens. And it always seems to be a rumour that goes around. There always seems to be a rumour about a, you know, scout leader or a cub leader or whatever, whatever leader of, of children you are. There always seems to be a rumour. It seems to be a rumour and sometimes the rumours might be true. Who knows? There's that much sort of misinformation out there when it comes to, you know, um, is this scout leader, you know, uh, interested in children? There's that much misinformation around this topic that it makes it difficult to decipher who actually is the pedo. You know, there's, there's probably quite a few of them. Let's face it, if you are one, you're probably going to get involved with kids. If you can't get into the education system because you can't be bothered to train up, then take the shortcut. Become a scout leader. That's how you get in there. Uh, this isn't a how-to guide, obviously. I'm just saying that, you know, there's always, 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 always rumours that, oh, that scout leader, he's taken an interest in, you know, little Timmy. Timmy seems to crop up quite a lot in these podcasts. Uh, I'm sure I mention him all the time. It's just a fictional child at this point. But what I'm saying is I'm a little bit suspicious about scout leaders. Some are there for the right reasons. Some just want to contribute their time and give back to the community and help young people grow and develop. And it's like, eh, do do you or do you just not have anything else going on? Do you know what I mean? Like, is that is that because you don't have anything else going on in your life? And you see people becoming scout leaders that have children, and I'm like, hang on, you've got you've got your own kids, and now you're gonna what lead a pack of like twenty kids? Come on. Like, that's a bit of an ask. These people don't even get paid, do they? Do they get paid? I don't know. I've got no idea whatsoever. Absolutely no idea. But what I'm saying is, the adults can sometimes be a little bit strange. They tell you off for, cha for shaking a tube of Smarties, alright? They're strange people, and yet they're, they're teaching kids how to burn stuff. I can't shake a tube of Smarties, but I can burn stuff. I mean, there's a little bit of an inconsistency there. I'm just confused by the whole notion of it. Is it some sort of cult, is what I want to know. I don't really know what it's supposed to be. It's, is it supposed to be teaching us survival skills? And it's like, is that is it really teaching survival skills? I don't know, you get a badge for flipping a pancake or something. That's not a survival skill. I mean, that's showing off. Is that, that's not, there's a difference there. Let's calm down, we're handing out these badges willy-nilly. Looks ridiculous. So I don't really know the point of it, and I've not particularly looked into it or researched it since departing the cult. But... I do know that in hindsight, I'm glad that I got off the train early because everyone that went through Beavers, 
cubs, scouts, explorers. What even is explorers? I don't even know. Is that like when you're an 18-year-old? Are you, are you like a fully grown adult at that point? I've got no idea. But what I'm saying is I've I've seen that happen and you get to the end of explorers and nine times out of ten, you are a nutter. I mean, you're probably a bit of a nutter for getting through it in the first place because you develop different interests, don't you? You know, you, at 16, 17, 18, you see people, little drink in the park or whatever, your mates. You're probably not going around doing charity work as part of your scout club. Do you know what I mean? Like, so you, you're not as, as likely to be doing that, is all I'm saying. You're more likely to be off your head in a park somewhere. That's more likely, I'd say, at that age. So I am a bit confused by that, but I, I do just see that general trend of, you know, if you made it from beavers to explorers, when you come out the other side, are you more developed? I don't know. I think you're more likely have developed into a nutter. I think that's more more likely than developed life skills or anything like that. For me, that seems hopeful. That seems very, very hopeful. You've maybe learned how to do a fire. Brilliant, okay? Just whip out a lighter and set something on fire. It's not that difficult, is all I'm saying. Like, we all know how to do it. So, I'm a bit baffled by it. How do they spend each week? I can't really remember what we did, aside from, you know, shaking tubes of Smarties and being told off for it. I don't really remember what we did during that time. And that's sort of generally my younger years, to be honest. I don't really remember what happened, um, you know... Uh, I don't really remember, like, anything, to be honest with you. Before the age of about eight, I don't really remember anything. There's people out there who claim to, oh, I remember being born. Okay, yeah, I'm sure you do. Do you know what I mean? I'm talking out your ass. Um, but yeah, there's people out there that do claim that sort of stuff, but I, I really cannot remember before the age of about eight. Do you know what I mean? If I, I have a general rule where I'm sort of like, if it happened before 2010, probably don't know it. Films... Um, you know, topical things from back then. Probably don't know it. Probably don't. My mind, for some reason, just decides to forget just stuff. It's weird because you watch films as a kid, you know, um, Toy Story, for example, okay? Toy Story, great film. I know Toy Story. But even though I've watched it a lot, I could not tell you the plot of Toy Story. It's the same with, like, Star Wars, I consider myself a fan of Star Wars. I've seen it many, many times. My childhood was watching, like, you know, Star Wars episode one, two, three. That was sort of like my childhood. I sort of, I watched the older ones as well, but they're a bit boring, really, in comparison. So, uh, you know, that's a controversial statement. Um, so I, I generally watched the first three and occasionally would watch the other three as well. That was sort of my childhood, but I could not tell you the, the plot of Star Wars. Like, I don't really know. Like, you know, there's a kid grows up to be a Jedi, um, then turns and becomes Sith, and then, you know, I'm giving away quite a few spoilers here. This, is, this isn't like a, a factual review of the film, do you know what I mean? I, I don't really remember a lot of the plot, that's sort of my point, but like, I don't really remember a lot of plots for films. I could not tell you the, the film Toy Story, I could not give you an idea of what the plot is. I know what it is as a film, I know Woody, I know Buzz, I know those guys, fantastic. Great, great little toys, Andy, all great. I could not tell you the plot of Toy Story. I've got no idea. Like I, gen I genuinely could not tell you what it is. We watch these films as kids. We absorb the characters and all that kind of stuff. But I just didn't absorb the plot. The plot just is not in my memory anywhere. I could not tell you. Do they escape? Are they trying to escape Andy's room? Or are they trying to find Andy again? What? Why are they trying to do that? I'm so confused by it. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's what I'm saying. My, my younger years are sort of... I guess um, there's lots of patchiness to it where I'm like, oh, I don't really... Why did I go to Beavers? Like, what what were we actually doing on a weekly basis? I don't know why it's a whole uniform. It's very cult-like, is, is Beavers. Uh, I don't really know to what end. Like, what do you get out of it? Is it something to put on the CV? Like, it's is an employer going, oh, this person's been to Scouts. Let's give them a job. I don't think so. I really don't. If you're trying to get a job at Weatherspoons... You go into Weatherspoons, you know, um, you love the fact that we left the EU, you love it, you just, oh, I just love the fact that we can no longer travel freely in the in Europe, you know, I love it, I love it, let's go get a job here. Um, so you, you go into Weatherspoons, you get yourself a job, okay, and you are just loving Brexit, you just, uh, it's like pulsating through your veins, you just uh, love it, love it so much, that you decide to get a job at, at Weatherspoons. Is Mr. Weatherspoon... Tim, I think his name is Tim Weatherspoon. Is he looking at your CV and going, "Oh, 
Oh, Charlie, you've you spent three years being shouted at by an overweight middle-aged man. Yes, come and get a job here. Do you know what I mean, like that is that the qualification of going to Beavers or Scouts or Cubs? Is that really what, what it's giving you? Does he go through your badges? Does that get put on the CV? I'm not sure what the point is. Is it just to get you out of the house, away from your family? Give them a break for, you know, an hour or two hours. How long did it go on for? I don't know, is my point. Similar thing with swimming lessons as a kid as well. Like, it's one of those things, swimming lessons, where once you finish them, it feels like they no longer happen for anybody else. Like, I've never heard anybody mention swimming lessons since I did swimming lessons. Where do people go? Do swimming baths even exist? Have they been cut? Like, uh, surely they've all been shut down now, like the libraries. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't imagine that swimming lessons are still a thing. I don't, I never hear anyone speaking about them. Never hear anyone mention them. Yes, I'm, you know, knocking on 23. That's probably why. That Perhaps, actually, that's quite a good point. I'm not of the age to be going to swimming lessons anymore. But at the same time, swimming lessons were such a, a big part of my, my youth. Like, up there with going to school and playing football on the weekends and stuff. Swimming lessons, like, every Tuesday or something, I don't know making that up but you know it was like once a week you go swimming lessons and let's just chuck you in a pool and you know jump about on some like floaty things i remember one week i turned up there no one else turned up it was just me there's supposed to be a class of like 10 of you 12 of you next minute it's just me there in the pool how how is an entire class not turned up for a lesson to the point where it's just me i remember it's me and the teacher we're in the small pool i don't know all there was at this point no idea and it was literally just, I think it was half an hour or an hour. And because I was the only one that turned up to this lesson, the even calling it a lesson just sounds weird, but I was the only one that turned up. And the teacher just was like, oh, I'm just going to make an obstacle course in the pool. That's all it was. The entire lesson was just me diving under objects or swimming to the bottom of the pool, picking stuff up or jumping on some massive floaty thing. I just don't... Do you know what I mean? It's one of those things. I look back now and I'm thinking... What was that all about? Did I actually do any learning of swimming there? I don't really know if I did. You may be better off just chucking your kid in, in the sea, in a lake, in a river, and just say, oh, figure it out for yourselves. It's like when you chuck a dog in the bath or whatever, and the dog just sort of, you know, doggy paddle or whatever. It learns how to swim like that. Maybe try that with your child. Maybe don't go through the swimming lessons and maybe instead just chuck them in a lake. I mean, this is maybe not the best advice. If you are a new parent, perhaps don't take advice from me. But at the same time, maybe do if you want to raise them up in an alternative way. Chuck them in a lake and just see if they begin to swim. Okay, maybe start off with armbands so they don't sink. That's not ideal on a first lesson. Like You don't want them to drown, clearly. But at the same time, you could just chuck them in a lake and just sort of go, yeah, fend for yourself. You know, see how he gets on. Let's see if they're a natural swimmer. They might come out like Michael Phelps. You never know, obviously, without the drink driving. But what I'm saying is they might come out of it and you're actually like, oh, naturally, they're actually very good swimmers. Because some kids might be like that genetically. Um, but I just don't know why we go through the whole rigmarole of, like, you know, take them to the swim baths once a week. The cost of petrol, do you know what I mean? Like, come on, driving them, driving them to swim baths every week seems a bit excessive. You could probably learn that stuff at home, you know, and then it gets to the part where you go on a summer holiday and it's like, oh, show us everything you've been learning then this year in the pool. Go on. Go on, Timmy. Timmy's back again. Go on, Timmy. Show us everything you've been learning. Oh, what? Front crawl. That's all you've done in a year. You're pathetic. Get those armbands off. You're pathetic. What a loser. And it's just sort of like, I don't know, it's just weird, the whole sort of swimming lessons thing. Like, I sort of remember it. But then again, I'm sort of like, what did we do? Did we, did we practice holding our breath? Do, I remember like diving to the bottom of the pool and picking up a brick. Is that much of an achievement? I don't really know, to be honest with you. That just seems like something you just learn how to do naturally. Do we have to pay for this? And then also, they then give you badges as well. So you get examined, you get tested. I think I got to my, my Dolphin 12 or something like that, which I don't even think is that great. I don't know, to be honest with you. I think there's then like some bronze, silver and gold nonsense afterwards. But I got to like a Dolphin 12. And I'm still not a great swimmer today, to be honest with you. I'm not. It's not like riding a bike where you hop on and it's sort of like, you know, you mess about, you go... What, what do you do on a bike? Anyway, you pedal, don't you? And then, you know, you can not pedal for 10 years and then you hop back on it again and you sort of know what you're doing. It's not like that. Swimming is sort of like a, you've got to get in the rhythm of it again. You know, you've got to practice that. I've not swam in years 
And every time I do eventually get back in the pool again, I'm sort of like, oh, is this what it feels like to have a Dolphin 12? Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, God, God I'm trying to get my, my back legs going again. Like, is that how you do it? Is that the right rhythm? Do I do it at the same time? Do I do it alternate times? Like, do you know what I mean? It's weird. And then you've got the front crawl. I think, yeah, the front crawl's a bit of a weird one because you sort of feel like you're going to drown. So you've got to sort of breathe at the same time. And it's like, it's very strange why, why we swim like that. Why don't we just teach kids to just sort of, you know, flap the legs, flap flap your feet and you'll move, probably, do you know what I mean? So I don't really know why we go through the whole rigmarole of being taught. I mean, it's years on end as well, isn't it? I'm sure it goes on for years. I don't know how many years, but I remember also having swim lessons through school as well. And we get on a coach once a week from school to the swim baths. That was a nightmare because there's your whole class get trying to get changed in there. Everyone just pulling each other's doors open, and be like, "Hey, I'm gonna see you getting changed." Um, but yeah, that that was strange as well. I don't know how many years swimming lessons go on for. Surely by like week four, week five, six, maybe you've you got the gist of it. Do you know what I mean, like you could do a bit of swimming by then. Surely, how bad are these teachers that they're not teaching you? And at the same time, how good do you need to be at swimming? Like it's just sort of that that's all it is you spend money 12 weeks to just part the water in front of you that's all it is with breaststroke isn't it you're parting the water that's all you need to know the legs bit just you know what i mean yeah that's that the legs is really just the same rhythm but with your feet it's it just seems pretty pointless to go through weeks and weeks of this i'm sure it went on for years i, I really am i'm not 100 percent sure but i feel i felt like it did it felt like it was just sort of like a life sentence of swimming lessons. Like, why are we doing this? Just chuck me in a lake and let's see how I get on. You know, maybe start with armbands. Like, if I'm being, you know, particular about it, you probably want to put armbands on. Because then then you, you might drown without that, to be honest. You might. You've got to learn how to tread water as well. That's That's another big part of learning how to swim, treading water. If anything, that's more important than the swimming bit. That's what they teach you. That's what they say. If you ever find yourself on a capsized boat, I don't know why you'd find yourself on a capsized boat, but imagine you do in the sea. If it capsizes, don't bother swimming. That's what they say. Don't bother swimming. You'll waste your energy. Just tread water. Wait, just shout for help and tread water. That I'm sure that's the advice. And then treading water, you won't freeze to death or something. I don't know. I've, I've not really looked into it, but I'm sure the advice is don't swim. Just tread water and shout for help so you don't run out of energy or something like that. And again, not an expert, but um, yeah, I just don't know. This whole sort of teaching kids how to swim just seems a bit much. Like maybe do it for, you know, six weeks. Send them on a six week sort of crash course. I, I think I always think it's strange, though, like you spend less time learning how to drive than you do how to swim. Like what's going on there then? What is going on? You can finish learning how to drive in, what, six weeks, ten weeks, twelve weeks? Years of swimming lessons. Years. I'm on a road with a vehicle that can kill people. Swimming, on the other hand, only kills the person who can't swim, okay? If you can't drive, you could kill lots of people, including yourself and everyone on board. My point is quite simple on this. Why do we teach kids how to swim over the course of years but it only takes 10 weeks, 12 weeks, I don't really know how long to drive, okay? Like, why Why is that such a big discrepancy there? Let's send people on a two-year driving course. Let's see how they get on with that. Let's, let's give them two years of learning how to drive, a bit of experience on the road, whatever. Then we can lower the insurance because they've had two years of having, you know some middle-aged person telling them what they're doing wrong in the in the car next in the sort of seat next to them and then send them out onto the roads you'd lower the insurance like that as well it'd be a much better society and then let's just teach kids how to swim for six weeks do you know what i mean let's just do that instead yeah the old one here or there might drown as a result of it because it is sort of you know it is cutting corners in a sense but i also think at the same time you can't moddy coddle children okay Yes, some of them probably need a little bit longer to learn how to swim. Maybe maybe you should teach your kids how to swim for a couple of years. But at the same time, I know lots of people who've never learned how to swim. And they haven't drowned yet. So, you know, they just tend to stay out in the water. Or they just learn to flap their hands and feet. You know, like you don't need to go through the whole sort of rhythm of getting swimming lessons. Is this a normal thing? Do a lot of people get swimming lessons? Or is this just people in my area? Because I'm, I'm sort of confused, like... 
Why why are people getting swimming lessons? You don't see people getting cycling lessons. You don't see that, I don't think. I think we had like a cycling safety thing at school once, where you had to come in in a bike and a helmet, and you had to wear, had to wear a high-vis jacket. We would go around the playground, for God's sake. Why are we wearing a high-vis jacket to go around the playground? Honestly, things like that. It's like, what? That's not health and safety. That's just mental. Why are you putting kids in a high-vis jacket to cycle around a playground so they can get some certificate to say that they've completed the cycling safety course? A high-vis jacket? I've not worn a high-vis jacket since. Actually, that's a lie. I wore a high-vis jacket a year later when I was part of a little group called the Squabble Squad. Uh, We had little sort of high-vis jackets and a yellow hat. I don't think I've spoken about this on this podcast. I don't think I have. We would go round and solve people's squabbles. Basically, it was something that the teachers didn't have to do as much work on, on playtimes. Um, so they'd instead train up, train up in quotation marks there, the older kids in year six to go round and solve the squabbles that the younger kids were having. We had like a clipboard and everything. It was It was mental. Again, it was just absolutely ridiculous. These sort of things that you're told to do as kids, like we don't think we had a choice. I can't remember. Some sort of rotor that we were on. And we just went round with a clipboard. Like, a, a, you know, a ten-year-old with a clipboard sorting out squabbles in the playground. This was an official thing. We had a yellow hat and a high-vis jacket. Ridiculous. You go around in pairs. And remember, you had a clipboard and you'd write stuff down. Oh, uh, little Timmy. Timmy's back again. Timmy in year two swore. Oh, dear. And you'd, you'd report back to the teacher. I remember once we um we had to grass in a kid because... He said the word bloody or something like that. And he's like, oh, he said the word bloody. He's in year three. He's in year three. He said the word bloody. Put that down on the clipboard. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, God, just teaching people to be overly fussy and in people's business. Tell, Teach the kids to solve the issues themselves. That's a better thing for development. Don't teach kids that they need someone older to come along and solve all the problems. That's a bad way to teach people. But yet, you know, we were treated as sort of adults, weirdly. During playtimes, it was it was strange. We were ten years old, and we were going around trying to solve little squabbles, just to free up time for, you know, um, the the teachers to to you know have a bit of time off or whatever during lunch. So that was a bit strange. Like, why do they get kids to do that as well? That's not a job that a ten year old should be doing. You know, I've got football matches to be playing here, you know, during playtime. So I don't know why I'm going around solving little squabbles. Strange, but there was there was other things like that as well. I'm sure we had to serve dessert or something like that during lunch uh, as well. I'm sure we had to do something like that. Do we have to serve, like, the uh, the other kids? I'm pretty sure when you were in year six, you had to, it wasn't dessert. It was sort of like a pudding. Like We had to serve them, like, some sort of sponge and custard or something. I'm sure that was on a rotor as well. If you're in year six, one of the older kids, or, you know, the oldest in primary school, I'm sure you had to go around, like, serving the younger kids, like, a sponge pudding. With some of that really awful, awful custard. Like, it's just sort of gloopy, sort of, it's sort of see through. It wasn't even yellow custard. I mean, it's like that really sort of watery custard. Like, oh, God. And then a bit of sponge. It wasn't even, it didn't even have any anything else in it. It was just sponge. Just like plain sponge and custard. At least add something in there. Or like some sort of jam roll. Jam roly poly. Now, that was actually all right. Jam roly poly and ice cream was a big, big dessert back in the day. Um, I say dessert, it wasn't a dessert, it was just a little pudding. But that's that's also weird to think about as well, that you got puddings at lunchtime. That's strange. Puddings have always been like an evening thing for for us in our house. But back then, yeah, if you, if you got school dinners, you'd go up to the canteen and the school, the dinner ladies would serve you your mains. I don't know, like um, turkey twizzlers and all that. Um, you know, smiley faces, those sort of, I don't know what it was, to be honest. You could have chips and whatever else. You've got to have something from the salad bar. No, you've got to, you've got to have something from the salad bar. I'll just chuck some lettuce on or whatever, do you know what I mean? I'll leave it anyway, it'll go right in the bin. But you'd, you'd have that, and then I'm sure you'd stick your hand up and someone would bring you, like, a sponge pudding or something like that. I'm sure it was something along those lines. The year, the, uh, year sixes, when you're in, uh, when you're, like, ten years old, You'd also serve puddings to kids. I'm sure it was something like that. Why weren't the dinner ladies involved with that? Why was it down to us to serve them that? I don't really know, but very, very strange time. It's weird what you do as a kid because some adults have told you to do it. Like Looking back, I'm sort of like, 
why were we made to do that? Employ some more staff, for God's sake. I know cuts are hard and all that kind of thing, but Jesus Christ, just get an extra staff member to just dish out some desserts. Is it that difficult, really? You know, she's doing a fine job there, handing out some turkey twizzlers. Can we just maybe also put the sponge and custard, like, at the, at the start point, like, wherever everything else is being served? Like, do we need the kids to serve that to other kids? It was just weird, like the bench system as well during assemblies. Like, why, why were people in year six allowed to sit on benches? Everyone else had to sit on the floor. Like, what was that all about? We, we got the benches, you know. We, we are the creme de la creme of this primary school. We're ten years old. That makes no sense as well. Developing a hierarchy. Who decides those things? Because I'm sure that was a thing at every single school. Where people were being like, oh yeah, uh, we, we also had to sit on benches like when, when you're in year six as well. You know, just um, the oldest in the years had to do it. I, I don't get why that's a thing at every single school. Is that state implemented? Like, is, has the government got in, into the legislation that, you know, you're 10 years old, you deserve a bench? Like, why Why is that a thing at UK schools? I don't know. I've got no idea. But apparently it was, and it definitely was at our school. At assemblies, you got to sit on the benches and you felt, like, privileged. Do you know what I mean? You are like, yeah. You peasants down there. Yeah. You are sat on the floor. Yeah. You are sat on the floor with all the Peas and sweet corn left over from yesterday's lunch service. Yeah. And there was always the odd one or two, you know, peas dotted about, whatever, because the dinner ladies, you know, would occasionally miss them. They've got a tough job, do you know what I mean? They've got a tough job. Not that tough, actually, because they didn't, they didn't hand out the puddings, did they? But they have to clean up afterwards. And when they come along and clean your table, they weren't, like, cleaning all the dirty bits off and putting it in the bin or whatever. They were just sweeping it off the table, like, wiping them down, just brushing everything off onto the floor. Primary school is a, is a very, very strange time. Lots of things happen that you look back on and you think, why? Like, why were we doing, you know, a school production? Why, didn't, why can I not opt out of that? Why are we doing so many sort of religious songs? Why are we singing religious songs? Why are we doing religious productions? This isn't a religious school. I'm not religious. Like, why am I not being given the opt-out button here? Why can I not go, right, I'm opting out? A little bit like when, you know, organ donation. A little bit like that. Do you know what I mean? I don't want you to have my intestines. and I'm opting out. I don't want you to have my eyeballs. I'm opting out. A little bit like that. Why can't you do that but with, like, school productions? You know, occasionally you'd get, you know, the naughty kids would be like, oh, no, I'm not I'm not doing this. I'm not dressing up as a Christmas tree to look like a right plonker in front of all the parents. And so you'd end up sticking them on, you know, the lights or the music or something. And that was literally just pressing a button. Do you know what I mean? Everyone else has had to learn lines. And the naughty kids, just because they complained a little bit, got to press a button. Why can I not press a button? Why have I had to learn four pages of lines for this production? Why? Oh, all because I don't complain. Oh, Brilliant. That, that sounds fair, doesn't it? Honestly, things like that just annoy me. We did Jesus Christ Superstar. Jesus Christ Superstar. Who are you? What have you sacrificed? Shimon! Jesus Christ. You know, that kind of stuff. And it was a big production, you know, dancing around or whatever. Um, yeah, a bit annoying. I can't even remember what part I played in that. I honestly I could not tell you what part I played in Jesus Christ Superstar because... Probably, probably one of the smaller ones. I think I might have been like a, a Roman soldier or something like that. I think I might have been. That sort of rings a bell. So I probably didn't have any lines, actually, in that. I probably didn't have any lines whatsoever because you're just sort of one of about a dozen soldiers. You know, you got a few few too many kids. you got to fill up the space a bit, haven't you? Oh, just make him another Roman soldier. Do you know what I mean? Just give him a hat. That was probably what I was. Um, and you sort of come like charging in through the centre of the stage or something like that. That vaguely rings a bell. Um, but I don't really think I had any lines in that. I remember I had, I had lines in the production of Gel, which was like a rip-off version of Grease. Gel, you need gel to smell so swell if you want to bake a cake. Don't hesitate, be grateful that you've got gel. I don't really know why you need gel for 
a cake. Maybe I remember the lyrics wrong. I don't know. Anyway, that was essentially like a rip-off of Grease. And I, I played a police officer in that, so it was, you know, a, very much a like-for-like rip-off there. But I was a police officer who had a love interest with the other police officer. So, you know, I was trying to get with someone whilst on duty, essentially, which I think is frowned upon. I don't really know. To be honest, it's probably something the Met Police would do. They're probably all for that because, you know, a lot of them are a little bit mental. So they're probably into, you know, relationships at work, in the office. It's probably perfectly above board. But in this production... It, it was sort of perfectly above board. Maybe I was playing a, a Met Police officer. Perhaps perhaps that's what it was, just without the sort of horrific pastimes. Um, you know, I think that's perhaps what, what role I played in the production. I had lines to learn. I remember that. That was a, a big thing. Uh, I had to sort of be quite flirty with the other police officer, which would probably be harassment nowadays, really. I was being taught how to flirt as a kid. Uh, as a 10 year old that is that's again unusual why are we putting kids in that situation strange but i was being taught how to flirt with other, another child um, who i was in in no way uh, interested in and uh, she was the other police officer and we were supposed to have some sort of love interest between the two of us which again unusual for you know 10 year olds but that was instigated by the teachers and I had lines to learn. I can't really remember the, the lines themselves. I think we were telling off some youths, you know, some youths that were, um, you know, paint spraying like some wall, you know, graffiti or something like that. We were telling them off. That's all I really remember from the production. Again, not a particularly rememberable, remem what's, what's the word? Rememberable. Memorable. Memorable's the word. The memorable. Not a particularly memorable production. Um, but I do remember being backstage. The backstage thing was a strange one as well because... You'd be getting changed for this production. It'd be like, oh, God. Oh, God, my parents are all going to be... My parents are in the here tonight. Oh, you do two nights, because obviously some parents would be at work. So you do two nights. You'd have to do it twice. The same songs. Oh, God. So you'd have a certain amount of tickets for each kid, but you'd be backstage, like, oh, my God, are your parents are here tonight. Oh, my God, yeah. Have you seen your... Oh, my parents. Oh, my God. What's my dad wearing? What's he wearing? Why is he wearing a leather jacket? Oh, God. Have you seen him? Oh. So you'd have that sort of backstage. You'd all be getting ready, and there'd be sort of like butterflies. Of, oh, God. And then you'd have to do that thing where you walk in the hall, and there's like entrance music or whatever, and you sit on like the side benches. There'd be benches again, magical benches that just appear. And so the production's going on on stage, all the kids have to sit either side of the stage on the benches on full show to the adults. So it sort of ruins the illusion here. This is not like a backstage thing. You have to sit there on a bench and wait for your turn. And then when you see on the script that you've got hid underneath your bench, you'd be like, oh, yeah, follow it along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd have to sort of make your way onto the stage. It'd be so weird. You'd have to climb over somebody and get on the stage. Strange times. Okay, very strange times. I was never really the one that got the main roles in the productions. You know, maybe I didn't have the right look. Maybe that was what it was. Maybe I wasn't outgoing enough to go, oh, pick me, I want to I have the main role. And you had to audition for it. And oh, God. And usually the main roles that involve singing. And I was like, oh, I don't really fancy that. There's a few people who, few, you know, kids that they, they instantly gravitate towards singing, acting, dancing. Do you know what I mean? There's always those ones in your class where they're like, oh, yeah, I want to do the singing bit. I want to do the singing bit. And it's like, okay, just, just let them have the role. Um, so, you know, I never really did the singing, did, did the singing side of things, but there would always be someone who was like, yeah, I, I really want to, really want to do the singing. So you just sort of left him to it. Um, but yeah, again, I really don't remember having any big roles at all. I don't know what happened in the Christmas production. Maybe Jesus Christ Superstar was the Christmas production. That sort of makes sense. I remember a bit about him walking on water, turning like wine, what was it? Water into wine or something like that. Um, so there was all that stuff kind of going on, but I think we just did the two productions in school. Again, completely pointless. Like, I don't really know why we're sort of... Why have we signed up to this sort of out-of-school activity? I'm giving up my evening to be a part of something I've not chosen to be involved in. This is extracurricular. This isn't happening during school time. Yes, of course, the the you know the practicing of it would go on for what felt like ages. I'm sure you used to practice for like two months you just, you know, forget about everything else in existence. Maths, English, science wouldn't exist. History, art, that would not exist for about two months whilst you're preparing for this production. Really, really strange. And then it was like, you have to then perform it outside of school hours. Like, why? Why Why am I involved in this extracurricular activity that I've not signed up for? This has been imposed upon me, is what I'm saying. I've not had a choice. For some reason, the teachers have gone, we're going to do a production. 
Maybe some of the teachers wanted to be a director, want to just, again, feel like they've got some involvement in something creative. Is that what it is? Do, do teachers just like that feeling of creating something, a production, being in charge of something, that director? And some of the teachers loved it. I mean, these discussions, they'd go on all day. You'd be in the hall practicing, just sat on a bench just watching the teachers talk through how they were going to position the kids on stage. No, I think we'll position uh, Dylan. I think we'll position Dylan more to the right. No, we should be able to see his body turn as he comes on stage. No, you should move your foot a little bit further to the right, Dylan. And it'd just be that for like hours on end. And you'd be bored out of your mind just watching and waiting, waiting for your turn to come up on this, on the scripts. The whole sort of education uh, system is a weird one. But like, I look back on it and think, there's so many things that just didn't need to be taught. We did, we did not need to be taught all that stuff. DT, I have not done, I have not filed any acrylic since that that lesson in DT. That's the last time I filed acrylic. That's the last time I used a saw. It's the last time I filed anything. Do you know what I mean? I've not filed anything since. Do you know what I mean? Like, why, why was that being taught? You know, woodwork and all that. Like, I've not been taught anything. I built my bed. I've I built a bed, I built a desk. I don't know, I didn't didn't get taught how to build stuff from IKEA in DT though. Do I mean that would be a better way of spending the hour, to be honest with you. Forget filing acrylic. I'm not I don't mean I'm not gonna do that. Why are you teaching me how to create, you know, some sort of acrylic mirror? Like, what's that? I'm not gonna do that in my spare time. Well, I've not got a workbench to be able to do that at home, so why are you teaching me? Instead, teach me how to build some flat pack IKEA stuff. Do you know what I mean? Teach me how to build furniture. That's a better use of an hour. Teach me how to read instructions. You know, teach me how to use a screwdriver. Um, what's the um, Allen key and all that? Teach me how to use all that, all those kind of things. Don't teach me how to. You know, use a saw on some block of wood. Like, I don't know. For me, like a sanding machine. I don't have a sanding machine at home. Why are you teaching me this? This isn't applicable in any other walk of life other than this very specific one. I don't know why we've been taught it for an hour every single week. Weird. I don't get it, to be honest with you. And there's lots of things like that. Food tech. I think we've spoken about it on the podcast before, but food tech is just a waste of time. Honestly, it's just a waste. You could learn more at home. Just get get your parent or whoever cooks or whatever just teach you how to make a pasta dish. And you're you're sorted for life with that. Beans on toast, pasta dish, you know, uh, fruit salad. I mean, that's all you need to know. That is all you need to know in life. And you can survive on that. And to be honest with you, the way food prices are going up right now, you probably should survive on that. You probably can only afford to survive on that, let's be honest. So, you know, those are really the only things you need to know. That's, that's sort of the end of the, the lesson, really, there. Teach you how to do that and then just sack the whole thing off. Music, another pointless one. What's the point? What is the point? Okay, if if people want to, you know, pursue music, let them do it in their spare time. Okay, people went off and sort of skipped lessons to go to guitar lessons, and oh, I've got, I've got a a recorder lesson. Recorder. When when have you ever seen a recorder on stage? Recorders only existed at school. The amount of people who had recorders growing up, I'm like, what recorder? What even is a recorder? I don't know. I've got no idea. I've never seen a recorder since. Again, it's one of those things you don't see. TVs on wheels. I've never seen a TV on wheels since I left primary school. One of those things you just see at school. You know, a recorder. I've never seen... You don't see Ed Sheeran come on stage giving it with a recorder, do you? You don't see that. I'm baffled why that is even taught. Where are the recorder teachers? I've never heard of anyone saying, oh yeah, I go into schools and I teach kids how to play the recorder. I've never heard of it. Flutes, maybe. Guitar, yeah. Piano, yeah. Drums, yeah. Recorder, really? Recorder. Next, you're going to be whipping out the triangle. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on. What is there to a recorder anyway? You hold some, like, you hold your fingers over some holes or whatever. Oh, oh, look at me. I can play hot cross buns. That's going to come in handy, isn't it? Honestly, just ridiculous. The whole thing. People were skipping lessons for that. That it actually became a worthwhile thing because you've got like an hour out of English. Oh yeah, I've got a, I've got a, got a guitar lesson this week. Oh, it's convenient that you've you know booked it for the middle of this English lesson, which you hate. Uh, that's interesting. But kids will do that. They just go off in the middle of lessons, and it'd be like, oh yeah, sorry sir, I've got a got a guitar lesson, got a guitar exam, and it's like, why can you just escape lessons for that? Do you know what I mean? Like, what, at what point does, you know, do I come out there and say, okay, they've got a guitar hobby, 
I like kayaking. Do you know what I mean? At what point, I, I don't like kayaking, just to be clear, but let's say I did. Sorry, I've got to go to a kayaking lesson. Do you know what I mean? Like, at what point does that become an acceptable excuse to leave lessons? Why, why are we letting people leave for music reasons and not like, uh, you know, fancy, fancy doing some kayaking in the local lake? Like, why can people leave for one thing and not the other? Strange. It really is strange. I don't. I just don't get the whole sort of education system. It's flawed and it's fixing. And I don't like the fact that people are having recorder lessons. That doesn't sit well with me. Train them for the real world. Again, this goes back to the education system being flawed. We're not training kids properly for the real world. Stop giving them recorders. Give them a guitar. That's at least somewhat useful in the music world. Recorder? I've never seen it. I've yet to see a band come on and have a recorder there. Never seen it. There's a lot of pointless instruments out there, to be honest with you. You know, the bagpipes. Pretty pointless unless you're in Scotland. You get quite a bit of work in Scotland, but elsewhere are bagpipes really that popular? I don't know. Maybe on the occasional sort of ceremony you might see them wheeled out, whatever. But, you know, outside of Scotland, I think you'd struggle to get too much work, for, you know, if you learn how to do the bagpipes. And at what point do you learn how to do that? Is that something you learn at school? I don't, I, just, I don't know. I don't know when that happens. The recorder, the bagpipe, the triangle, the tambourine. Who's using a tambourine? I don't know. I don't know who's using a tambourine. Is, is a tambourine the shaky one? Or is that the one with the, the handheld drum? I don't know. I'm not, I can't even remember, to be honest with you. Maybe the tambourine's the shaky one that Liam Gallagher likes to use. Maybe that's a tambourine. Okay, I'll let, I'll let the tambourine off. But aside from Liam Gallag Gallagher's on stage, I've never seen a tambourine in action. Never seen it. And you'd have people come in, like, with some oil drums for the afternoon or something. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're having an oil drum lesson. Oh, brilliant. Oh, this is going to come in handy, isn't it? Oil drums. And you'd just be whacking drums for an afternoon. Or African drums or something like that. Someone would come in with some drums and you'd spend the afternoon just whacking it. No one would have a clue what they're doing. They'd teach you some very basic stuff, like how to create a different sound by hitting it on the different part of the drum. And then that'll be it. You won't be. You won't learn how to, you know, do a song or anything like that. You won't. You know, if you want to get good at doing anything in life, you've got to do it repetitively. A one-off group of people coming in and teaching you how to do African drums is not something I'm going to pursue in my spare time. Where's the local African drum dealer? I don't know. I live in a little town here. Like, we're not going to find African drums just knocking about in Sainsbury's. I mean, like, why are we being taught that? You know, yes, from a cultural standpoint, educators on the African culture and tribes and all that kind of stuff from, from back in the day and, you know, the, the tribal drums and all that kind of stuff, all for that, all for it. But bringing in drums, teaching how to use the drums, not useful. I'm not, I'm going to remember it, enjoy that moment perhaps for, you know, the half hour that they've come in for. And then once that's been and gone, I'm never going to be able to play African drums again. You give me a pair of African drums right now, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Would not have a clue. It takes time to build a skill. Don't come in once. Come in every week if you want. And on a similar note to the whole sort of productions thing, thinking about it, you'd have productions, maybe maybe this was just exclusive to my primary school, but you'd have productions come in and do a performance in an afternoon. Like, you'd have someone come in and do Cinderella or something like that, just be some random people from some... I don't know if they were, like, uh, employed, whether they were from, like, a drama school. I've got no idea. They'd just come in and do a little production of Cinderella. And they'd have, like, rotating sets. And, like, when the when the scene changed, they'd rotate the, the, the different sets around and, you know, the ca different characters would come on. Why was that a thing as well? Like, why did we have that come in for an afternoon? It seems like a waste of an afternoon to watch that. Or they'd stick something on the TV. Or you'd go outside and play rounders. Primary school was basically pointless. Do you know what I mean? It was just pointless. You did the odd spelling test here and there just to make sure you can spell. Most of the time I couldn't, so that was pointless as well. But, I don't know, just, it was a strange time. We spent many afternoons in year six just playing rounders. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Year six was brilliant. I wanted to stay another year, to be honest with you. But, are we learning anything from that rounders lesson? I don't know. We've, we've learned that I can whack a ball really hard. And we've learned that some people are absolutely terrible. They are crap at hitting things. We've also learned that as well. Some people are shocking. Some people are horrific at catching. Some people can't throw to save them li their lives. That's what we've learned. Beyond that, eh, not a lot really. And to be honest with you, we already knew that some people are horrific at sports, so we didn't really need to have that confirmed by playing rounders for an hour. But I did. I enjoyed rounders. I'm not having a go. I enjoyed the rounders. I enjoyed it. It's, it's fond memories of 
you know, messing about on the top field instead of doing some proper work. I'm sort of glad that our teacher did that. You know, one time we went outside for bird watching or something, or like sketching trees or something like that. We, we've done lots of stuff. It's just, um, it's really random sometimes in primary school. It depends what teacher you've got as well, because not everyone's teachers are the same. There's no sort of set curriculum, I don't think, in primary school. You just sort of do whatever you want. If you've got a teacher who likes computers, um, and you know, like that kind of stuff, you'll end up in the IT room half the year. If you've got a teacher that likes bird watching, you'll end up outside on the field bird watching. It depends on what teacher you end up with, and it's just it's strange the whole primary school thing. I can't work out if it's a good use of time because it's not sort of serious work. Like, you might have a bit of homework here and there, learn some words for the spelling test. But it's like, why are we doing these things? Like, why? I don't really get it. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, to be honest. Is it a waste of time? Possibly. I don't know. Or is it just a bit of fun? Are you just kids and it's just, a, you know, a way of getting you out of your parents' hair for, for the day? Do you know what I mean? So they can go off to work and pay for your school uniform. Is that really what primary school is? I guess. I guess it sort of is. Like... There's no real point to it. You know, I don't think anyone in primary school is actually listening to this podcast. I don't really know why I'm sort of trying to come at this from an advice perspective. Maybe I'm not. But I don't know. Primary school is is a weird time. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy that. I mean, again, no 10-year-olds are listening to this. Or there shouldn't be anyway. Um, But yeah, it's a weird time that you can't go back to. You've sort of just got to accept that, yeah, we did just spend six years just messing about in a classroom, doing art. The The amount of time we spent painting... Don't even know what we were painting, to be honest with you, or in the sandpit or something like that. Just messing about, really, aren't you? Finger painting and all that. Just messing about. Ridiculous. Or sticking pasta to a piece of paper. Why are we doing that? Why? Why are we sticking pasta? I mean, you could make a lovely little spag ball with that, and you chose to glue it to a piece of paper as some form of art. Who? Who in the right mind calls that art? No artist in the world has made a living from sticking pasta to a piece of paper. Why are we doing that in primary school? Who's got all this pasta? Where's the spare pasta come from? Is that the same pasta they've been using for our school dinners? Honestly, where's this pasta coming from? Ridiculous. The whole thing. Absolutely mental. Weird time. Really weird time. So the point I'm trying to make, if there is a point to what I'm trying to make, is... Your younger years, your early years in life, are just a bit weird. Like, they're just full of stuff where you're sort of like, why do we do that again? Like, what was the point of that? Like, scouts? Mm, swimming lessons? Really? Surely we can just learn how to swim in our spare time here. Like, if our parents can swim, then, you know, just teach us how to swim. Look on YouTube, do you know what I mean? Like, come on, it's strange. I don't even know if that's still a thing. And, uh, you know, the things you used to do at school, and I don't know, I just look back on it as a kid, I'm sort of like, wow completely oblivious how, how sort of ridiculous all that is really like most of the stuff you do before the age of i don't know 13 pointless pretty pointless to be honest even after that gcse's pointless pointless when when you get to a levels pointless absolutely pointless if you don't get to a levels then okay that it might become a little bit important at that point you know that if those are your only qualifications and you don't want to go get any other qualifications then gcses might be helpful but i'm not telling you not to get them obviously i'm not telling you not to try but you know once you get the gcses they mean nothing once you get the a levels sort of means nothing if you go on to uni afterwards like i don't know it's just it's a strange time do we just spend all that time working towards little sort of goals that don't really have a lot of meaning in the grand scheme of things. I don't know. It's, it's just strange. Or is it just a fun time? Is that the way it should be, where things just don't really have any meaning as a kid? You are just sort of frolicking around. You know, you, you join athletics club after school, you know, because you've got nothing else better to do. You know, you do, um, I don't know, some people do gymnastics and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, PE as well in school. This is mad, right? This is this is mad with PE. You'd spend PE literally climbing on benches, balancing on benches. You'd occasionally maybe climb up some rope if you were lucky. Little forward roll on a mat. Like, this isn't PE. This is ridiculous. You know, you go from, like, bit to bit around the hall. Like, this, on this mat, do a forward roll. On this bench, just walk across it and do a star jump at the end of it and it's like oh uh, this one climb to the top of it and then climb back down again and you go around these different stations around the hall 
and just do that. Like, that's not PE, that's not exercise, that's ridiculous. That's an obstacle course, really, if that. Do you know what I mean? That is, it's not a proper obstacle course, is it? Walking across a bench. It was just mad, the whole thing. The whole thing was mental. And those landing pads, those pads that you had to do, like, a forward roll on, you'd have them, like, safety mats, as you'd call them. They weren't safe at all. It was basically a piece of cardboard with a bit of fluff on top. Like, it's not safe. And you'd be on these, like, big sort of beams or whatever. I don't really know what they were, like, climbing frame beam things. And you jump down onto these mats. If you fell, if you slipped or something... That mat's not saving you. Come on, let's get a grip for a minute. It's a little bit of padding about four centimetres thick. Do you know what I mean? That's What's that saving you from? If you whack your head, you're screwed. It doesn't matter what four centimetres of whatever you've got underneath there. That's not a proper landing mat, is it? But you just have those really cheap ones, like, for health and safety. Do you know what I mean? It's not health and safety. No way. No way. That's not protecting you from anything. Half the time, you wouldn't even have enough of those uh, safety mats either because, you know, you'd have nutters jumping off at all angles. You wouldn't be able to have the whole floor safety matted, would you? You just thought the whole PE thing was a bit ridiculous as well in primary school. Strange time. Walking around, a, or like on a bench or something. Or, you know, climbing a little climbing frame. Are we supposed to, Is that supposed to be exercise? Like, balancing across a bench? I don't know. I, I don't really know if the... If the weight really was dropping off us there, to be honest, I'm not sure that really does anything. A little forward roll here and there. Mm, I don't know, I don't really think that's doing a lot. And that's probably the last time I ever did a forward roll as well. I mean, again, it's back to those things that you only ever do at school or in your younger years. Never done a forward roll since then. It's never come in handy. Weirdly, I've I've just never needed to forward roll across the pavement or across a road. Do you know what I mean? Like, weirdly, as a kid growing up, forward rolls felt like a, a far more important skill to learn than when I stepped out into the real world and suddenly everyone's using their legs to get around. No one's forward rolling. You know, even though we spent a lot of time doing that in PE and sometimes at break time, you know, just forward rolling on the grass or, you know, doing a handstand, that seemed to be quite an important skill or talent as a, you know, nine-year-old kid. That, un you know, strangely, that's not really transferred into the real world, which is unusual. As have a lot of things, really, from, from school that haven't really transferred. It's a strange time. That's sort of the top and tail of what I'm trying to say. It's an odd time in your younger years. You do stuff that you never end up doing in any other period of your life. And maybe that's a good thing. You know, it would look a little bit weird if you forward roll everywhere or, you know, you played kissy catch. Did anyone else play kissy catch? Was that a thing in any other school? kissy catch where the girls would chase after the guys so you'd have girls sprinting after the guys the guys were like oh no don't let them get to me don't let, don't let them grab hold of me oh no and then inevitably you'd you'd eventually be grabbed oh god oh no the girls grabbed me and then even though it's called kissy catch they'd never end up kissing you i don't know why it just take really wasn't it except you grabbed hold of them uh, but yeah, I don't know, that was a weird one. Was that is that just a, a my school thing, or was that a, a British school thing? I don't imagine American schools doing that, but do get in contact. We've got viewers, listeners from all over the world. The Maldives, by the way, they listen every week. So shout out to the Maldives. I want to visit there one day. But what I'm saying on, on Kissy Catch, is that a global phenomenon? I want to know, to be honest with you, because you don't play that at any other time in your life. Imagine that. Imagine you walked out the door and women just started chasing you and you just run away. You just run. You're just running. Like, and eventually you get caught and, oh, God, no, women are kissing me. Oh, God. I mean, no, no other time is that a thing. That's never applied into the real life. Maybe it was just a game that we played at our school. I don't know. But imagine if that was still a thing, like, as an adult. You just walk out of the house and immediately you get pounced on by some woman who's been lurking there overnight, waiting for you to step out of your home, and they just try and give you a kiss on the cheek. That would be so strange. Why? Where does that game come from? Why is that a thing? Why does then the roles reverse, and it feels like the, you, know, you go through primary school and it's the girls chasing the guys to get with them, as 10-year-olds, and then... When you get older, then it sort of flips. You know, it's always the guy trying to make a move on the girl or whatever in a nightclub. 
And it's sort of the role sort of reverse, weirdly. At what point does that transition happen? I don't know. It's strange. It really is strange. It's a strange time. Let me know if you ever played Kissy Catch at school. I don't know if that was just something at our school. I think it's something at most schools. Maybe it's a British thing. If you played it in, you know, France, or if you're from Spain or whatever, and you played El Kissy Cacho or whatever, you know, let us know. Do get in contact. If you have your own version of that in Brazil or whatever, do get in contact because I'm curious to know. And I think on that note, on, on the Kissy Catch note, um, I think we'll end the podcast here. I'm pretty sure we've gone well over the hour mark. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe I've condensed this down because I've spoken some absolute nonsense. But thank you all so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. I'd really appreciate if you support the channel, the YouTube channel, and the Spotify iTunes by hitting the like button, subscribing, following, giving us a positive review. I'd really appreciate it. It really helps push out the uh, the podcast to more people. Share it with a friend as well. Share it with a friend. Share this podcast with them, okay? Em- embrace others. Bring them in so you've got something to talk about, okay? Bring, bring this podcast to them, okay? It might change their lives, or it might not. It might not do anything. Also, follow us on Twitter as well, at Two Pals on a Pod. Link in the description below on YouTube. And also, actually, nearly forgot to say, if you want an extra podcast every single week from me, a solo podcast, you can find it on my Patreon. Join the Patreon. You get a bonus podcast every single week uh, in the £5 tier. And uh, there's loads of free content on there as well. 50, 60 videos, ridiculous amount of content, an entire year's worth of content if you do want to join my Patreon. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. I'll see you next time. Cheers.